Welcome back to another Aboutcast episode of Attack on Titan, episode 70. This is a review that I do with one of my best friends in the world, another anime head, and a dude that gets down with the history of Paradis, the man himself. Chris, how's it going, bro? Good. Uh, I gotta be honest, man. I'm a little, little bit disappointed with the episode, uh, but overall, like life everything else i'm doing great how about you i'm doing good man um i i know what you mean with this episode's kind of like all right when uh, when are we going to get back to the exciting things and the the way that i'm going to give attack on titan some grace because i'm i'm treating it as in like we're in a relationship and there's a lot of fun and exciting times. He takes us on trips. He surprises us out to dinner and little presents. And then, you know, life is just regular, man. Life, you know, sometimes it's just a Monday and nothing fancy is going on. And sometimes there's a couple Mondays. And so I'm giving it, I'm giving them the grace period. But I know what you mean. It's kind of a slow burner once again. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it, though. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, but anyways, should we dive in? Yeah, let's dive in. And right. before we go micro, I want to go macro, man. There, if you guys are listening and you've been hopped on and locked in for the last couple episodes at least, or this whole season, kudos to you if you've done that. I've asked Chris about the kind of holistic view of this season. And I think... Even though this was kind of a dry one, I think I figured it out. And of course, Famous Last Words, I'm totally expecting to be flipped up on my head. But I think the theme of this episode, and Chris, before I explain anything, actually, let me explain everything before you answer back. But I think it is rebirth. Mm. And so the the reason why, man, um, I'm going to start from like... The reason why I think this episode showed this to me. So in this episode, we literally have kind of a Phoenix life rebirth of a certain character. And after kind of a mourning period, uh, Sasha kind of came back in a different form of character and lives on. And another thing that if you guys have noticed at the end of these Attack on Titan episodes for this fourth season, we do have a Phoenix that is born and then kind of bursts into this like tree or something like that so there's we've been kind of hammered on this and just haven't been paying attention i guess uh just be but we know that you know the trailer as far as the intro and the outro are actually pretty important as far as context there's also things that repeat a lot and this there's like big big micro or macro things that repeat so for instance let's go with a really simple one paradis gets attacked by marley and then Marley gets attacked by Paradis. So that's just kind of like a loop or kind of the the revolving of these big concepts of things that have happened. Um, we also have Zeke betraying his comrades as Reiner and everybody else betrayed there. So there's secret agents on both sides. And so it's almost like mirroring each other in certain ways. And so I think without being a little too exhaustive here, I want to hear what you think, Chris. Is uh, Do you think that I'm kind of well-founded here, or is there a little bit of hole in my game? No, I think that was that was great. Like the whole idea of rebirth in this episode, it, I, like now that I'm thinking about it, it does, does show up a lot, especially with the Sasha thing. 
um, not going like too deep into the episode itself, but like, I feel like I've seen a lot of just like rebirth in a way of just like changing of like mindsets, if that makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like you kind of see it with Gabby and like starting with Gabby and Falco now where they were taught this thing and they're brainwashed this thing. And now they're seeing a whole new, new side of, I guess the truth. And it's, it's really interesting to see, like you said, kind of this, this quote unquote rebirth of new ideas, uh, new thought processes and things like that. So yeah, dude, that's really like really amazing. Nice job. Because I was really struggling with this episode and trying to figure out like some inspiration uh, just to talk about for this. So nice job. Yeah. Well, honestly, I'm, I'm not taking much credit because it, it literally like throws it in our face. And when we get to the part in the end, I'll explain exactly what happened and how I kind of experienced it. But I, I really think that, you know, sometimes you just got to like, once again, enjoy the little things and try to like figure out macro what's going on and always stay locked in because, this show isn't kind for those who kind of loosely pay attention. But anyway, mm-hmm. let's hop right in, man. The The first thing that we get is it's kind of ironic um, or, of course, not really ironic, but it is like perfectly placed. The episode name is Deceiver. And the first thing that we see is Gabby deceiving the guard and just I, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty certain she killed him um, with acting like she was like sick or hurt. And then she just like rocked him with a brick in like the the jacket or whatever she had. So they're going, they kind of go on the lamb. Uh, I don't know how there's only one guard protecting them, but oh well. And then they're just kids. What are they going to (laughs) do? I guess, dude. But at the same time, man, you got to think like if they're in the same, you think they have a kid's prison? Like where, (laughs) that's what I'm saying, bro. Yeah, it just there's a lot of things that don't make sense with this series, as we know. And this is just another another one of those things where I feel like at least Zeke would at least tell them, hey, these guys are highly trained kids who are absolute assassins. So watch out. But I guess not. Honestly, he could have. um, But I don't think that they would have listened to him. One and two. He wanted to show them the force in the first place. So I think he's kind of, I mean, he's, he's kind of slow, like slow rolling these kids as far as, yeah, they're really amazing candidates, but he calls them miscalculations at first, no affect or reaction when he sees them just like, ah, well, yeah, didn't expect that to happen. Um, whatever. Yeah. So there's, there's, you know, there's, um, there's a little bit of funk going on. But anyway, so we have another big reason why I think that somebody's going to be inheriting certain powers here soon. And the next thing that we see is after Gabby and Falco run away, Reiner wakes up from a dream thinking about Gabby and Falco. And tell me if I'm wrong, man, but I think that they're flashing these nonlinear memories in our face. The, The first episode we've seen, Falco is talking about going into ODM gear and like slicing up Titans and flying through the air. Uh, Reiner is dreaming about Gabby and Falco. Is this, do you think that's enough to warrant like Falco getting that power? Do you think? Um, I, it's a reach. I, I'm yeah, not going to, 
<laughs> I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. I'm also probably not going to tell you that you're right. Uh, but there is, there have been dreams and things like that in, in the past episodes too. I think in the very, very first episode, actually, Aaron had dreams of the future, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so it, it mm. is, I did have that in my notes too. It's just interesting. Well, like, is there a connection between all of these like Titan power owners, but like Falco doesn't have any Titan power. So it, that also doesn't make sense. Maybe it's just like an Eldian thing where like there might be some special people who can see visions of the future through dreams. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm not going to say that you're wrong. You're totally not wrong, but also not going to say that you're right either. Cause it just, a lot of it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, I guess I'm right when I'm proven that I'm right. There's, there's a lot of funky things that we, we just don't have all the rules to the game or information. So when we see something that doesn't align with the reality that we've constructed with what we've been given, it, throws us off and that's why you got to cover bases and think creatively and figure out what's going on before they give you any information. But back to the subject at hand, we have a really interesting armband conversation between Gabby and Falco. And I think that the, the big thing here is that Gabby's sense of self is tied to being uh, an Mar an LUD that lives in Marley. Yeah. And so that's what that band means. And do you think that there's anything more deep in that relationship to that band? She av- she obviously acted really violently when Falco tried to grab it off of her, which was really smart. You wouldn't want that band on mm-hmm. at all. But is that it? Is it just a sense of identity? Or do you think that she's actually scared or, you know, there's a fear of the unknown and she hates, you know, the people of Paradise so much. Do you think that that's also a capitulation of I'm just like them because I look like them because I don't have my armband on or mm. or just kind of simple I this is what reminds me of my home. Yeah, I think it's a culmination of everything. I think the biggest thing is like you said that that armband is making her like is part of her identity now. It's also like really sad to see like how f- far gone she is, I guess from the truth, but at the same time, we don't know the exact truth. And it's yeah, like I said, it's sad to see like how like extremely brainwashed she is by the Marlians and things mm-hmm. of that nature. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting because she said like the armband said like it makes her a quote unquote good Eldian. Like what? Come on. Yeah, it doesn't. It's, yeah, it's a it's a honestly, it's it's like saying anybody without. Well, it's it's like anything that's really stupid. Anybody without these shoes is lame. Anybody who, you know, it's it's literally just a wristband. You are, you know, your actions define who you are, not the things that you wear or forced even to wear. Because that's yeah. even worse. You know, she had no choice but to wear that armband. It was law. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I just, I think it's a culmination of things. But the biggest part, of, like the biggest thing of it all is it being her identity and her just leaning on that as making her a good person. Mm-hmm. And so we get through this part and then we get introduced to the peeping Tom Paradis. <laughs> I, I kind of made that a, a little bit uh, soft on the ears with all those peas, but Kaya is her name. And so she kind of sees them arguing 
and she asks them what they're doing. Gabby, without hesitation, is ready to give her some of that smoke yeah. <laughs> by grabbing a rock. She really doesn't care, bro. She's she's really like one by one, man. She just yeah. wants to do some damage. I'm starting to wonder what her kill count is because it's. I feel like it's getting up there, man. She is. She's just ready, and oh yeah, it's oh sad to see. Yeah, at 14, too. At 14 mm-hmm. years old, she's like happy to kill anybody, man. And and it's like she's not. There's no remorse. It's almost robotic, bro. It's like doesn't yeah, breathe. Does it prepare this? Must no kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just such a strong sense of survival as well. Even though she seems like she's already accepted the fact that she's most likely going to die on that island. So she's really just thinking, I just want to take out as many of these homies as I can, just off of pure hate and revenge, which is yeah. And obviously she, she, we know she, oh, I was gonna say, obviously we know that's a tenuous emotion and mm-hmm. uh, that type of hate and fear because she doesn't know very much about these people can lead to some fracturing and cognitive dissonance. But what were you going to say, Chris? Well, I was just going to say, she, she also just has this one thing that's driving her now and that she just wants to know why Zeke betrayed them. And it's kind of like a parallel to Aaron wanting to like his one goal was to destroy all the Titans. And it's just another thing that like connects those, those two characters. Mm, yeah. Do you think that there's who connects then Falco? Like who's Falco? Because I feel like Falco is kind of a bl- like a blend of a few people. Mm-hmm. He he doesn't want to kill anybody, so that kind of reminds me of a little bit of an Armin. He obviously wants to protect his friends, so it's obviously like a Reiner and a Aaron type thing. I feel like he steps in a lot of camps and that's why he's a little bit of the moderator for gabby who's just like sharp and biting Mm -hmm. and he kind of filters things out for her in palatable ways and obviously keeps her alive a lot of the time yeah i agree yeah i think you you nailed all the characters that i was thinking about too and i i I think that's just another reason why that he might he may be one of like the most important characters in this this season I just don't know where he's going to go yet. I don't have no idea, but like in the, the opening and the, the intros and the outros, like he is the absolute like central figure in almost every shot. So yeah, I'm interested to see where he goes and how his character develops. Another thing too, I'd be curious to see is who was the start? Like who's the first person we saw in season one? Because mm. if we if Falco was the first person we saw in season four, it almost might give us context clues on like how deep his role is. Obviously we know he's one of the main protagonists of this season, but it also might help us understand like how deep can we run with this guy? I think at this point, I mean, to be fair, we're 11 episodes in this homie's been a marquee on all of them. So, you know, it's probably deep and we can guarantee, maybe not guarantee, but we can trust that he's going to get something saucy in the end or at least be around to see it all happen. Yeah. It would kind of suck to see him not like they've developed him so much to just not, not get anything. It'd be, I'd be super surprised. Yeah. It it also kind of like, but what is he going to, do you think he's like, 
maybe I'm not giving him enough respect, but I don't think he's as hardcore, man. Like the people that have the best Titan powers and are like the gnarliest when it comes to this game are like the hardest core, man. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, the, well, let's go back to Annie. She was a hardcore Titan and she like wrecked everybody. The, who else? Berthold, not really much of a hardcore dude. He obviously had the most like powerful Titan power outside the founding one. So I think that's why he was so good. The Warhammer, I thought that was pretty hardcore. Aaron's obviously the most hardest core and he's done some crazy stuff. So mm-hmm. I think the people that are kind of like on the fence, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And this dude's compass is to do the right thing, which is obviously a really good thing to kind of motivate you to to action yeah yeah totally he's he's definitely different from i feel like anyone that we've seen because i feel like he's the only one who has this view of like everyone like we should treat everyone the same like kind of like treat people the way you want to be treated type of thing and like you don't see a whole lot of people who have almost like a soft heart and like goodness in them i guess i should say uh so yeah he's he's an interesting character and he is also like one of the top candidates out of marley so he does have some hardcore in him i I feel like he does we just haven't seen it yet but he's definitely got something in him that's fair man he is he's obviously he's one of the best shots of having a titan power and being like excellent with it to be fair Mm -hmm. and i think he's actually like light years ahead of as far as like a functioning and self like you know autonomous thing, he's he's pretty legit there and way above and beyond what Gabby is. Um, yeah. Anyway, the to keep it going, there's actually a really interesting scene where Gabby's obviously player hating from outside the house. Once they get to the horse orphanage and is like, I don't, I'm not going in there and eating their food. Let's just steal a horse and then go. And Falco thinks better of it. He goes in and they have this meal and it seems like it was like pretty cool so far. And then Gabby smacks, smacks this lady's <laughs> hand like, bro, watch out, son. <laughs> and then it got hella intense. Um, I, I don't know, man. Like, it's like you gotta you got to be good at acting, right? Like, yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's just, dude, it's just not another one of those things where it just shows that they're super brainwashed, man. Like they, she is, I mean, obviously they're behind enemy lines and they're super on guard, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta kind of put on a show a little bit. You don't want to show your cards right away. I agree with you, dude. Like, what is she doing? There's, yeah, there's no excuse for being a bad actor. If you're trying to really get in there and like infiltrate and like take some people out, you're going to have to let people touch your head maybe once or twice, Gabby. So even if they are devils. Yeah. Even, (laughs) even if they're the worst people ever, just kind of act like we all have acted like we like somebody that we don't. Okay. Sounds like uh, you and I, when we first met. (laughs) Yeah. So, so for, for everybody who's listening, um, no, it wasn't an act. I really hated you. I really just didn't, I didn't want anything to do with you. We, me and Chris hated each other. Um, I'm, I'm proud to say it. And it's came a long way and there's a lot less hate, a lot more love, but, uh, yeah, man. I mean, so Gabby, no now. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no hate at all. Um but once again, Gabby, if you're listening, um you might you might want to turn the other cheek and uh, something beautiful could happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, but anyway, bro. So we so now let's jump to a scene where we see Zuru um come in with dude the craziest thing ever, an ice burst stone helicopter that they and I, I need your help with the timing of this. So they obviously knew about Ice Burst Stone from Zeke, and that was about four years ago, uh, when Zeke came back and like took that with him, right? Yeah. So they had that for four <laughs> years, a little bit of a remnant of it. And then they obviously saw Paradis, what, four months after this date, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they're, is that when they're talking? Once on they the, built the dock the, yeah, and they made okay. the terms. Mm-hmm. So just like lining it out. So they literally, they did something that's insane, man. They had like a little hint, an iota of, oh, so this is this stuff. Like they, I can't imagine they had enough to test it. They just knew that it could propel things like a human. And so like, oh, okay, well, uh, a giant helicopter is kind of like a human, um, <laughs> which is just, well, it's just really impressive, man. Like I'm shocked. I, I really am just kind of um, really impressed by that type of ingenuity, even though they were the weapon making country kind of. Yeah. It's still like, damn, respect. Yeah. I'm almost wondering if uh, Paradis might have loaned them some of that iceberg stone. I mean, I feel like they would have to because yeah. you need a lot of that, I would assume, to propel a helicopter. So, But yeah, it's Even really like, impressive. Yeah, exactly that, man. They they must have loaned them some because they have to test out this helicopter. Could you imagine if somebody made a gas-powered car but never had access to gas, like gasoline? Yeah, you're never going to catch like, me in that car. I'm not even sure, that, I'm making sure that thing works before I hop in that thing, man. It, well, you couldn't even make sure it works if you didn't have any gasoline. So it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, they had to get it from there, which means it's like, I don't know. You, it's just, I'm so impressed because I almost feel like they literally just took four months to create a helicopter propelled out of something random that they've seen that they yeah. knew about, but didn't really have much idea of. They didn't even have a full canister of that joint. And they thought, <laughs> hey we could do some big stuff with this but anyway so i was just impressed by that for sure uh and also this is actually huge because you did agree with me that they met four months ago because this is going to come back in a really interesting way Mm. i'm excited let's move on so we can get there (laughs) (laughs) so we have hanj which is another full circle thing where you know obviously paradis has been known to keep secrets from his people. I mean, clearly they they brainwash them and erase their memory every what couple years mm-hmm. to to do this thing. And so the basically there was a leak. Somebody said Aaron's being held up, even though this homie put the team on his back and whooped Marley's ass. And people are like, "What are you doing?" Like people should know about this and stuff like that. And so she just trudges through. Is that not the most full circle thing ever? Like the scouts were the bearers of like truth and went out and like did mm. discover things. And now they're like hiding and stuff like that. It's a, uh, I, you know, obviously it's not very scout like, and you could tell by Hanj's reaction, but yeah. like, why do you think they're hiding it? 
Why do you think they're hiding the truth? Oh, that's a great question. I I feel like they're almost ashamed of what the truth is and because they don't they don't really have like Hanji herself especially doesn't really have control over the situation and really what's going to happen in the future. So, right. it's almost like she's like I I honestly don't really know what's going on what's actually going to happen. So, uh that's one thing and then another thing is it almost seems like uh there's something mentioned like one of the people said that Hanji like ha, they said Hanji you said you wanted the taxpayers to like have a vote and have a say and things like that. So does that does that mean like Hanji wanted like a democracy kind of in the future as the future government I guess for parodies? So I was actually going to bring that up for a different point, but that's actually really interesting that you you said it that way. I think that there's obviously some sort of some sort of voice being heard around being that they know who's involved in like certain military bases is or not bases, but branches, things of that nature. And they interact with them in kind of like a business sense in some sort Mm -hmm. of way. Right. There's like public goods and stuff like that. So there, there is some sort of, I mean, I don't think it's a complete like, you know, dictatorship or anything like that. So maybe she was just saying, you know, you pay your taxes, you should be able to make informed decisions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And kind of, I think that's also also a way that she's built her ethos on kind of just a really information and truth hungry person yeah. as she was kind of a scientist. And now she's like stifling the truth from getting out, which I think is quite ironic. Yeah, it is very. But anyway, there's obviously a lot of turmoil and her making that decision of punishing the people that were leaking the information about Aaron. And really quick, Chris, do you know who Flock is? Is Flock yeah. the redheaded guy? Yeah, he's the redheaded guy. The guy who uh, was like the sole survivor next to Irwin in the last season mm-hmm. when, uh, what's his name? Zeke was slanging the rocks everywhere and killing everyone. Randy. Randy. Randy, Randy comes back again. Yeah. Um, gotcha. So I just wanted to confirm that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a suspicion that was him, but I, I know that, you know, the, you're nice with the names. So I figured I'd, I'd check in. Yeah. I got you, dude. Appreciate you. <laughs> anyway. So moving forward to get closer and closer to this big surprise, Mikasa obviously has to imprison the recruit that she actually saved as a little girl, uh, that we see from season one. And, that's obviously kind of like a interesting thing because it almost seems like that she forgot why she joined the scouts, man. If, if from the actual like flashbacks that she had with talking to the girl saying, you know, she was saying, you're the reason why I joined the scouts. Like, why did you, wasn't it to protect Aaron? And then that flashback happened and it was like, it almost like made her acknowledge like why she's there. Or is there anything else as far as, was she kind of like, was that just kind of like a weird flashback or was it essentially, Hey, I'm here to protect Aaron, even though I don't know who this guy is anymore. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you pick that up? I did. The, the, the flashback was really weird for me. I almost got a sense that it was like this spooky horror movie type of feel to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I almost want to say she, she's like ashamed of where she where she's at now i like tell me if like if i'm kind of all over the place but yeah i just feel like i don't know she's 
almost questioning everything, every decision that she's made so far regarding Aaron, just because he's gone so far. I guess he's just so far gone and he's just not himself anymore. Does that kind of make sense? Dude, of course, man. Like, imagine, imagine if you, I can, I mean, this might be a little bit of an off analogy for this, but imagine if you had, you felt like your sole responsibility was to protect this person. And a way that we can all think of this is kind of a parent and a child, even though Mikasa and Aaron aren't parent and child, but let it flex a little bit. So anyway, if you ever saw the person that you were responsible with, in a dire strait, you would think about all the decisions you've made trying to protect them that influenced them being in that spot right now. Mm-hmm. So I think there's tons of kind of her fracturing about thinking like, well, how did I, what kind of things did I do to make Aaron or help push Aaron to lead to this spot type of thing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think everyone's thinking about that. Like obviously Armin's thinking about that. Gene, Connie, all those guys are going and thinking what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So there's there's a lot of like you know from the top from Hanji, Hanji to Mikasa. There's tons of things that are just kind of people are even though they have all the tools and the weapons to kind of protect themselves. Of course, theoretically at this point, we don't know about the rumbling in action, but they it's even more precipitous than it's ever been. And anyway, so we have the, just a quick one. I think the mid slide, it said, uh, I think these are important because it does give a little bit of uh, context on stuff. It said, Paradise Island Devils, an insult referring to King Fritz and the Eldians who fled to Paradise. The Paradise Island threat theory claims they still bear a grudge from the Great Titan War. So, of course, this is talking from Marley's perspective, which mm-hmm. isn't always the case for these things because it's like, you know, there's information that Marley doesn't know that they, or like just paradise stuff that they talk about, or it's almost like an encyclopedia, but there's, this is obviously Marley's perspective here with this theory. Yeah. Which do you, would you say that's true? They, do they bear a grudge after the Titan War? They don't even remember it as far as like I know. Yeah, but like you said, that's also what Marley thinks. I don't think Marley knows that they have had their memories wiped a gajillion billion times. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess that grudge could just be, you know, Marley and Helos coming, like basically ending the war and ending the, the Eldian Empire. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, if this is coming from Marley's perspective or somebody who isn't like deep within the ties or just kind of like a a third person type of this is in kind of prevalent information for this episode. Mm-hmm. It uh it doesn't include that context and it's obviously a theory and it's rightfully so put as a theory because it's not true. Yeah. Anyway, man, this is where it gets a little bit juicier for this kind of dry white chicken breast episode. <laughs> get my popcorn ready. Yeah. Yeah, get it get it nice and ready. So the the next scene it makes it there's there's a lot of things in here that I I watched the scene over and over more than 3 times I believe just to try to figure it out. So it's Picks and Yolanda is that the way that you pronounce I her name? I think it's Yelena. Yelena. And like Pix's 
little assistant do boy and he's reading he's reading something he has it in his face and you could tell by the cadence of how he's actually saying these things that it's being read and he talks about yolinda or yolina being there 10 months ago and that makes zero sense does it not if four months ago and or sooner was when they actually built the docks do you think it took 10 months to build those docks or even no four months was when they met was that not right oh i thought they met like three three or like three years ago oh, okay so it was three years ago yeah huh. it was a while okay well then that just blows my silly oh, little no. situation out of the water well if it was three years ago then that makes yeah because they then... met on the scout ships remember Mm-hmm. like the very first that scout ship that was ago. sent three or four years oh, ago. Oh yeah. Okay. That's actually, okay. That's a good point. So and I three like years ago island since then. Yeah. Except when she came back. Yeah. It, and so this means that, so 10 months ago. Okay. Still, this seems a little off because it talks about how there's a celebration for the trust whale railway to, be done and this was the trust railway i thought was when essentially haruzu came to paradise and gave these kind of whack deals or offering of a deal and then as an alternative to not shoot themselves in the foot and protect historia they decided to like kind of vamp up their own stuff to see if they could protect themselves with a railway and stuff like that so upgrade their upgrade their situation a little bit Right? Am I am I uh, am I still on track? Yeah, I'm I'm still following. Okay, cool. So, number 1, I think a railway system takes a long time to make. Mm-hmm. And so I I like looked into it and it essentially takes about 6 to 7 years for I guess like a 10,000 kilometers to be done, which is that's 600 miles. Which I think is more than fair to say that trust might be me mm-hmm. being that there's like, you know, you travel days and days and days and a horse can go what, like maybe like 80, 80 kilometers a day. Yeah. yeah so I, I don't know much about horses, but yeah, I'll go. So with I it. Looked this, I, well, I looked this up for this oh, episode, okay. dude. Um, and essentially that means that it was like a really tight time for them to create the railway. So they were pretty on top of it. And then she, he was saying that he was, she was a few dozen kilometers away from Aaron. And so this is why, and then, sorry, dude, I'm just discombobulated. So few kilometers away from Aaron, cause she left the party early and she went, who was, she was guarded by flock. And Flock was obviously the leaker that we just saw. And all of a sudden, Aaron started moving around. The interesting thing is that they kept an eye on Aaron 10 months ago. So it's like they knew where Aaron was moving. Like, you know, Aaron was going, Mm -hmm. which usually isn't the case, is it not? Like, they kind of just have let the scouts, like, do their thing with Aaron and haven't intruded as far as the military police. But now they're kind of tracking Aaron or have obviously knew his knowledge about his whereabouts 10 months ago. Are you seeing like, I think there's a little bit of um, like the other branches of the military are watching each other to make sure that they're acting right for some Mm -hmm. reason. Yeah, I can see that. So 
the the whole thing is essentially like why would Aaron begin to move and what does that have to do with where Yelene is at right now hmm. as far as like oh do you think so essentially is he implying that her and Aaron met and obviously a couple like a few dozen kilometers away from searching it up is very easy for a horse to reach in a night yeah yeah that could be the i guess the the thing that flipped Aaron's switch i don't like maybe their interaction or whatever conversation that they had is what mm-hmm. made Aaron go to Marley and do what he he did in the the past episodes so i feel like we're just missing that big that one big scene maybe we'll get it maybe not but uh it that could be the thing that like kind of tipped Aaron's skills into being on Zeke's side and and not uh not the island side yeah protecting his people mm-hmm. yeah the it's quite interesting that number one why would Aaron even want to meet with her is yeah, my thing if this actually happened question. there's there's a lot of like weird goofy things yeah of course you know why did she talk with him why did they even why did she get the opportunity to talk mm-hmm. and stuff like that so I mean, there's a lot of things that need to be talked about. Of course, my idea, this great basket of just kind of cool stuff that I was building had a giant hole in it as far as and the, the hole was called timing. But there's still a few things that need to be answered with this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I did. You're not. I don't think you're crazy far off. I mean, yeah, the, the timing and stuff was a little off, but that you're right in in saying that there there is something going on with that interaction whatever that meeting was like i said it's i think it's what tipped the balance of aaron's just thought process and things like that it must have i think you're right too or i think i think we're both thinking the same thing mm-hmm. which means that we're right and that's all that matters no <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> the um yeah i there's there's meat there oh yeah and totally. to to and then now that we've kind of nailed that, we can move on to another really interesting scene that is, I think, the most like poetic part of this whole episode. And it essentially is Kaya or Kaya was saved by Sasha. Mm-hmm. So this was the big thing. And essentially, Kaya also saved Ben and Mia, who are also known as Gabby and Falco. So when they, Gabby, once again, tried to murk Kaya for saying, yeah, you're from Marley, because they were yelling it when she found them, peeping, peeping it up. (laughs) And um, so then she like had their back and said, oh, no, it's like some something else. Uh, No, she's killing me for some other reason. It has nothing to do. She's (laughs) killing me. No big deal. Yeah. Yes. She's just trying to put a pitchfork through my chest, but. (laughs) <laughs> She's just playing, guys. No worries. Uh, essentially, the whole reason why she wanted to help these Marlenes is because Sasha saved her life from that, what, like three meter Titan way back in, I believe, season two. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing that, once again, really full circle. Sasha yep. saved her life. She's saving their life. And it's also really ironic that Gabby took Sasha's life as well. Yeah. I'm wondering if uh, if Gabby's ever going to figure out like Sasha's the one who saved Gabby. Because if that's the case, I feel like that could almost change Gabby's whole mindset on 
an outlook on the the <clears throat> the people of paradise yeah and you could already tell there's a conversation that they had in Kaya's old house and Kaya's an orphan of course being that she works on the horse orphanage and the and she so she started asking Gabby like why did this happen and stuff cuz obviously Gabby's saying that you're devils and you deserve everything that happens to you and I can't believe you know can't believe that you wouldn't own up to stuff and she's like well what did my mom do my mom didn't do any of this my mom's never killed anybody the atrocities that happened for thousands of years that ended a hundred years ago had my mom didn't do any of those you know she was just a lady that wanted to raise her kids and you know just obviously painting the picture of holding and once again and maybe this is actually perfect like also very very poetic but so we have this circle that we've been talking about as far as this season or i'm trying to get you guys to believe in the fact that this season is about evolution and coming back to where you started this Phoenix life cycle. And there's also things that are also antithetical to that same idea happening that need to be kind of like solutions in this episode. And one of them is this circle of, I need to get revenge for against you for something that somebody before you did that needs to end. So there's like revolutions that also need to end even though this is about that so once rev one revolution is sasha started this i'm saving people from helping or like you know i'm saving people so i'm gonna those people save other people and then there's obviously the severing of things and so gabby severed that circle of helping people by killing sasha and now she's almost having the same thing happen to her as far as the hate for people from paradise like severing mm -hmm. her circle of saying you know i'm gonna make you pay for something that somebody in the past did yeah and that's my master thesis no i think um, that's so great i i'm like fully behind you on that i know everything that you said there's a lot uh there is a lot going on with that whole conversation and i feel like you hit everything that i wanted to talk about so I'm just going to kind of leave it at where it is um, and just say that like, yeah, dude, there's a lot um, of just, like you said, circles, severing of circles, changing of minds, thought processes. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see, and I'm hoping for Gabby and Falco to be these kind of world changers uh, for, for the whole, like the, I guess the entire world at this point, uh, I feel like they could be the, the heads of something really cool. And like a, a better ending than what I, I am thinking is going to happen. So yeah, I have my fingers crossed for some hopeful things for sure. Yeah. They have so much promise, man. So much. Mm -hmm. it, even, even seen as like kind of in a, in a warrior perspective in a war perspective and potential, they have so much. They're obviously really intelligent because they're tested on that stuff. There's, there's so much, I mean, you know, taking care of the future folks. Uh, I think uh, Michael Jackson talked about that, you know, the youth is the whatever. I don't want to get this this uh, podcast flagged. Making it weird. <laughs> no, Making it weird. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, like, no, even, dude, Michael Jackson made it weird. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. <laughs> but like now that I'm thinking about it, like this, uh, this season and in particular has had a lot of like real world ties to 
like there's like there's a lot of stuff going on with racism around the world and like people don't like each other mm-hmm. because the past because some, something happened in the past that has effect that affects them now uh so yeah it's really like kind of like you said poetic and really amazing to see in this this anime and like seeing it just go past just being a tv show i think is really awesome exactly that man and mm-hmm. it reminds me of a, a little bit of a saying and i think i'm not gonna do it justice but essentially distilled down it talks about like fiction books and the the beautiful thing about fiction books is that it isn't about one particular person like a biography would be so it always means that it can be about oneself mm-hmm. and i think that's exactly what anime is about is it you know, it's not actually about a particular person. It's about you and you experiencing something and learning lessons from another person. Mm -hmm. So well said, dude. Wow. Man, you should have heard the guy that said it to me. (laughs) I don't know who that guy. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't don't remember when that was, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's really cool to think about. Yeah. I've definitely had that experience almost with every single anime that I've watched. I've learned, something different from each one that i've watched so yeah i fully agree with what you just said can you chris i want you to do me a favor and this favor is for me and a favor to you as well but the next anime you watch whether it be let's say the new demon slayer movie or if you run ever run through the hunter hunter stuff or parasite or you know any of those can you do me a favor and write down notes of this is what I learned from this anime. Cause I'd be really curious to hear what that would be. Yeah. Let's do it. Perfect. Uh, and it I could be like a podcast. Gotta, episode. I was about to say, let's make it a podcast. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so stay tuned for that guys. But anyway, back on track, we're in paradise. We're figuring stuff out. The, <laughs> I want. I actually want to give you a huge nod, and I want you to get first dibs on this one. But one last thing that Kaya said is that there is a Marley restaurant that invited them over. Take it away, Chris. I think what we are, know what, what are, this is. I'm very confused. What's going on here? So essentially, they talk about how they got invited out to this restaurant. Oh, Marley okay. restaurant. Gotcha. I see. Oh, yeah. They're going to go see your boy Nicolo, first of all. I think that's the Marley and they're talking about. Get a little um, bit of that drink. Yeah. This, dude, it's going to happen. If you guys didn't watch the, or didn't watch, if you guys didn't listen to, listen to the podcast last week, at a, you should go listen to it because I have, I feel like I have a pretty, pretty strong theory that is, is I, I'm thinking it's going to happen. I don't know about you, Jordan, I'm, but. I'm still standing you, son. Like, I think that's just the hottest thing. Like, that's the hottest idea on the market at this point still. And it's a week old. <laughs> Go ahead. Can you, can you give us uh, kind of like a quick catch-up version of it? Yeah. For people so, that are still tuned into this one. Yeah. So last episode, we see this like really eerie scene where, uh, well, I should backtrack a little bit. So there's a bunch of... I guess military commanders talking about what they're going to do with his story and stuff like that. And there's a Marlian waiter who was going to go get more wine for them. And he goes down these stairs into this really eerie dark room. And you see your boy Nicolo there with uh, this specific bottle of wine. And I'm pretty sure he said, it's this one, right? 
and it cuts to another scene. And then further down, I think towards the end of the episode, we see uh, Levi with Zeke out in the the forest of tall trees or something like I can't remember what it's called exactly, but they're out there. And you see that bottle of wine again has the same label as the one that they pulled out in that um, in that the previous scene with Nicolo. So my thought process is that that wine is not poisoned, but it's filled with Titan serum. And I think there's just going to be a huge explosion of Titans uh, at the number one, the for, the big forest, and number two, uh, within the city itself. And there's just going to be some utter chaos going on. And we're just going to, I feel like it's about to start turning up real quick. And it's going to start with next episode for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. So for all of you, I'm going to give you a quick moment to pick up the fragments of your mind that just got blown <laughs> by that sick theory. And here we go again. They're going to bring back more people and put more people as far as like turn them more like all more of them into Titans by inviting them to this restaurant to kind of this is the hub where they get infected. Then they go back to wherever they're going and then it happens as an explosion, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is just really, really insane. And Nicolo kind of like a callback to Scooby-Doo, which was one of my favorite cartoons. He would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for this podcast. (laughs) So he thought he was slick. (laughs) But anyway, so I think that's totally what's going to happen. Like going, so building off of your idea. And I think it even gets stronger now that they're inviting random orphans Mm -hmm. to this Marley restaurant, which is probably really exclusive and exotic because it's food that people don't get. Sasha was a big fan, RIP and all of that good stuff. So anyway, that is a huge, 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 huge step in the right direction for what we possibly foresee in the next episode. And also this last tidbit that we got after the credits rolled, but it was still part of the episode because it hit on the other, the left side of the preview. But we see Reiner has the will to live and fight again. And this is kind of setting themselves up for they know that Zeke was a dirty double blowing baby something from spongebob (laughs) basically a backstabbing son of a gun and reiner is wanting to like get out there and hit him with a surprise attack because they can't wait the six months to go and have this world war with the other countries and i think and once again chris i i want i want to hear your point perspective on this but i think One, because six months is quite meaningful because these Titans are on their last legs, specifically Reiner, Pike, and Zeke, Mm -hmm. all die this year. So six months is half their lifespan at this point. And, And I'm not sure if that's the last six months that they have, or maybe this is like the last six of eight or the last six of 12, you know, six of the last who knows how many months they have it's it's 2012 or less and so he's saying let's go get him and i'm kind of like confused why reiner all of a sudden it's almost like he was kind of like acting weird he got a good night's sleep and then he's back to hate and paradise (laughs) or is he doing this for gabby and falco what do you think i think he's for sure doing it for gabby and falco uh and also just he feels super deceived by zeke and I mean, 
have you ever not been pissed off when someone then did you did you real wrong so yeah i it's for sure just to go over there and save gabby and falco because as we know he he really really cares about them so yeah i i think you're right there's there's nothing else that kind of lets us leads us to any other solution and they were talked about obviously being one of the most valuable assets to marley Mm -hmm. at this point which is the successors to the only semi-insurance to the country's safety as far as making sure that these titans are in tip-top shape and you know they have only three left and two of them are about to expire and at this point, they're extremely handicapped. They're they're not even the strongest Titans. The Cart Titan is one of the lamer things. <laughs> I think that they've yeah they've. I hope. Uh, well, don't let me get don't get me started on that one. And essentially, the the Armor Titan is pretty cool, but it pales in comparison to the obviously kind of like the God of Destruction, the the Rain. You know. Randy Johnson and the founding Titan. So they're in trouble for sure. And then we have the preview man, but this is the part of the episode where we kind of talk about what we're expecting next. And Chris, without further ado, my man, what are you expecting on the 71st, which means that we have five left. So the one of the last five episodes of attack on Titan, it makes me shed a tear every time I think about it. Hurts my soul, man. Uh, so next episode, I think, or I want to see what happens in that restaurant for sure. Uh, I'm really curious because I'm really, I'm wondering why Nicola is doing what he's doing just because I feel like he got so close with Sasha and her family that it doesn't quite make sense that he's, uh, going back with the Marley inside. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. That's what I, I, that makes me question my theory a little bit, but I think I, yeah, I think something's going to happen in the restaurant where um, Gabby and Falco are going to have their minds changed yet again. Uh, something's going to happen for sure with um, more of like Aaron and Zeke's plan. Uh, I would really, 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 really like to know what's going on with that. I feel like I've said that at the end of every single pod since we've gotten back to Paradise. Uh, but other than that, dude, I I don't really know what to expect out of this episode, out of this next episode. Uh, I'm wondering if we're going to get some more, a little bit more action, like it's going to start, you know, kind of picking up and all that stuff. So yeah, and oh yeah, another thing, yeah, going back to like what you were thinking about Yelena and Aaron and that interaction, I'm kind of hoping to see something with that too. Yeah, I I uh, I think that that itself will be a lot of action. Just because we do see an explosion in the same house that Yelena is at, mm-hmm. we see reactions and it's kind of like classic Attack on Titany things. I think you're a lot, you're along the same lines as me. I really want to. I'm interested in the restaurant thing, seeing what actually happens because they have to ingest something, and I, I I'm, you know, I think it has to be liquid. So if we see anything where it actually makes a scene where they drink liquid, I think that that's kind of like a safe indication mm-hmm. or the interaction between Gabby Falco and Nicolo. I really, I really want there to be action. I know that this, obviously the episode is done and you know, the episode is going to be the episode, but to have a little bit of spice would be excellent. And 
I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't be <laughs> mad. So if you're listening, you know, slide slide us a little bit of that sauce. And other than that, man, I think that we're going to be setting up for a really, really strong last four episodes, knowing that there's going to be a surprise attack from Marley. Paradis is unstructured. And we see the softening of Gabby and Falco, which will be a really interesting climax and crescendo to one of my favorite pieces of media ever to exist, which is Attack on Titan. And lastly, I want to thank you, Chris, for being on this, sending us your style and a little bit of your steez for this episode and being one of the best co-hosts a dude could ask for. And also, big thanks to everyone who's still listening to this point up until now. Chris, do you have anything to say for the parting ways for this episode? Hmm. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. Like always, I really enjoy doing this with you. Really enjoy bringing this information to you guys and just having this awesome conversation that we get to do weekly. It's, it's been a lot of fun. And only four more left of Attack on Titan, but I feel like we got some really cool things coming in the future. Um, so yeah, see you guys next time. Peace. Thank you.